Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Oh, welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here with you, and I have a very cool guest with me, somebody that recently helped me out with an article, and we just started talking football, and I thought, you know, I'd really love to bring this to our Vikings audience. Former NFL quarterback Matt Blanchard, who spent time with a couple different teams. The Chicago Bears is where uh, Vikings fans might remember him from, or time with the Green Bay Packers as well. Though I don't want to turn people off, Matt, so I wouldn't mention that first. <laughs> also some time with Carolina and with uh, Cleveland and Indianapolis as well. Matt, how are you? Doing great, Matthew. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, really appreciate it and look forward to uh, kind of diving in a little bit here. You know, our actually our Wisconsin listeners might also remember you from Wisconsin Whitewater, and I was very happy that there was another guy that I could talk to who went to a D3 school like myself. Uh, I mostly wrote about the sports at D3, but a ton of success at Wisconsin Whitewater, so I, I think our Wisconsin audience would be familiar with you from there. So, Matt, the reason that we talked initially was because you worked with the same quarterback coach as Kirk Cousins. And we see a lot of uh, guys show up in the media working with their quarterback gurus, and uh, sometimes their quarterback guru is in Sports Illustrated saying that the player they're working with is going to be the next Joe Montana, but with Dan Marino's arm. And I think that that's kind of people's perception of a quarterback guru so you worked with Jeff Christensen. He helped Kirk Cousins turn things around. By the way, I'm going to put in the description of this podcast the the article that you can you can read about that more. But Matt, maybe you could tell our audience about coming to work with a, a specific quarterback coach and what that did for your game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess there's a, a couple of things. I'll I'll just kind of decouple um, talking through just my time with Jeff um, and then just the quarterback gurus in, in general. So I guess, you know, quarterback gurus in general, they, they shouldn't be, um, you know, viewed at as, as kind of like hype men for their, for their clients or whoever they're working with, um, especially as the higher profile that you get. I mean, in theory, they should be, you know, coaches, um, mentors, uh, essentially, um, and, and really technicians. So, um, you know, I, I'm not one of those guys, um, coming from a D3 school as, as I, 
you know, as we kind of talked about previously, um, who spent a lot of time with quarterback uh, gurus or had somebody who, who was a technician who was able to help me um, with my mechanics and, until I met Jeff. Um, and what I was surprised to learn that everything that we talked about uh, specifically with, with Jeff was, was around uh, just throwing the football and, and getting better at throwing the football. Um, as I mentioned to you previously, I was, I came to Jeff as kind of like a clay mold. Um, I had a, a lot of raw talent that needed to be harnessed. Um, and Jeff was able to kind of take that raw material um, and build something of it and, and really using the same teaching skills uh, and the teaching cues um, that Jeff had, had developed uh, on his own as a, as a player uh, and learning from some great quarterbacks that he spent time with and then parlaying that into uh, his own coaching regimen um, that I was a beneficiary of. So I guess, you know, my time with Jeff was uh, extremely beneficial. Um, you know, I, I, as I mentioned before, I, I don't think I would have had um, a, a shot in the NFL without his assistance. Um, as you know, my, by the time the Bears signed me in 2012, I, I'd been working with Jeff for about, gosh, probably – probably three months at that time. And I could just, I could just feel myself getting better and being more efficient and all the things that you want to feel being an elite, an elite quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just like I said, it's uh quarterback gurus get a lot of different reputations out there, but the best part about Jeff was it was just straight technique. It was nothing but hard work. It was all those good intangibles and ideals that you want to see in a coach and a mentor and, and Jeff exemplified those uh, certainly in my relationship with him. So what area of, of throwing the football specifically did you focus on? I mean, I know from myself talking with Jeff uh, about, you know, his coaching methods that he thinks everything starts with the footwork. Uh, can you kind of explain, I mean, was that your biggest thing was, was sharpening up the footwork and, and just what an impact that has on being a better thrower of the football? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it absolutely is uh, a bottom-up approach. Um, your arm uh, will follow your feet, uh, and that's essentially, I think, any any quarterback coach out there w would agree with a lot of those things. Now, how they how they go about manifesting um, that with, with their coaching technique uh, varies from coach to coach. Um, if you look at how the NFL is structured, like, the footwork um, in, in, in some uh, offenses, um, uh, I guess, stress this a little bit more. If if you're in a traditional West Coast offense, um, your drop, whether it be a three, five, or seven step drop, is going to time out, time up with the route that is being run or with the um, um, the route combinations that are being run. Mm -hmm. That that said, um, the timing of your footwork needs to marry with that route and so if your timing is off and if your feet are off um, you're not going to be on schedule you're not going to be able to deliver the ball on time all that good stuff the other caveat to this is the nfl is is an off schedule league and you see that more and more as quarterbacks who are are great um uh great at improv and and great at uh at, you know creating plays off schedule. Um, it, it's becoming more and more like that um, with the, the amount of complexity that defenses are bringing and um, uh, blitzes, whatever it may be. Um, there's a lot more complexity going on. So as a quarterback, 
you need to be able to, one, throw on rhythm and then be able to throw off rhythm at the same time. So the only way you can do that is if you solidify your base, um, your footwork, um, in a way that you can be as consistent as possible, um, whether it be on schedule or off schedule, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does. And you and I were talking a little bit before we started about basketball, and I think of shooting you know, you don't get a chance to stand over in the corner as a three-point shooter and get your feet set on every single three and that sort of thing perfectly, exactly how you want it, and take as much time as you want. But you still want to have those same mechanics when you have to speed it up or you have to That's shoot right. it on, on the run or something like that. So you started to see the results there, and then you're you're battling for spots, and you're the D3 guy. I mean, what was it like for you trying to go through that process of earning a job? I, I think that it's something that maybe football fans don't think a ton about. They know your yeah. star players, but um, there's also you know 90 guys going into training camp and everybody's fighting for a spot. And you were able to, over your career, always find a place for yourself. I mean, how did that how did that work for you? Um, well, one, it it takes uh, being in a good a good place and a good situation. So when I joined the Bears in 2012, um, there was Jay Cutler uh, was a starter. You had Jason Campbell, who they just signed as backup, and then Josh McCown uh, was actually third string. And then and then I was fourth string uh, heading into training camp. And so as as a really as a third or fourth string guy, um, your reps are are extremely limited, um, which was another. Another reason why I wanted to work with a, a quarterback coach or, or why it was even uh, more beneficial for me to work with Jeff. If you have those limited amount of reps, there's only so many opportunities that you get to prove uh, that, one, you belong, uh, and, two, that you can execute the offense and do all the things that, you know, that build a lot of trust within, um, you know, within an organization, especially at the quarterback position where there's a lot of, uh, a lot of eyes on you. So um, I guess if you – if you look at where I started, um, I had a great preseason that 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 summer or that um, late fall or early fall in 2012, and um, they ended up releasing Josh um, that, and, and they put me on the practice squad as the third quarterback. Um, and, and Josh is a good friend, and, and what I mean by landing in a good spot is um, being you know, really 10 years younger than, than both Jay, Jason and Josh, mm -hmm. I, I benefited from, from a lot of their advice and a lot of their mentoring, um, that I, that I still remember to this day. Um, a lot of that stuff, not just football, but life skills and life, life, um, advice as well. And, uh, all good friends to this day. Um, and, and I really, and Jeremy Bates, who's, who's now with Josh and, uh, in New York, um, he did a great job of, of teach, just teaching me the life of NFL um, and teaching me offenses within the NFL. There was a lot of after-hours time that I spent um, with him, just just learning, um, uh, learning schemes, learning defenses. Um, and again, it was it was something that benefited me as I as I left Chicago and went to Carolina and then Green Bay and then Indianapolis and Cleveland and, and all that's played all those different places. Um, I took a lot of those skills I learned in my rookie year in 2012 and um, just tried to use them everywhere I went. So there's a, a funny fact about Josh McCown. Um, yeah. There's there's a website that's called Relative Athletic Scores that takes uh, the combine results 
and then matches them up against like the percentiles of you know every player that has gone through the combine and then compares them to like future success that sort of thing right and right. the two most athletic quarterbacks ever from their combine results and the ones that matter that are weighted heavier are Cam Newton and Josh McCown <laughs> that is awesome well i i believe that josh is probably I mean, he's an extremely athletic quarterback. Um, I remember him talking about like playing basketball and stuff. And, and Josh is a, is a very humble man, um, and a great man of that for that fact. Um, but it's just, it's, he's an incredible basketball player. Um, so I, I totally believe that. I totally believe that. Some stats out there don't really tell the truth or, or there's some uh, silver, silver lining somewhere else. But no, with that stat, I, I totally agree. Well, I think Tom Brady proves us that the the combine results for quarterback might not matter that much. But um, I was listening to Joe Thomas's podcast, and he was talking about they were asking him and Andrew Hawkins, like, who are the best basketball players? And Hawkins said A.J. Green, naturally. And Joe said Josh McCown. I was like, wait a minute, Josh McCown? And then uh, there was a video of him dunking a couple of times in, like, a pickup game not too long ago. So I... I figured you would have a unique perspective on that. Um, yeah. Well, he actually, you know, it's funny because not people, not many people remember this. And, and I think, I think it was ESPN who who did a little feature on Josh last season. Um, but Josh actually played wide receiver in a couple games in the NFL, which is like, which is really uncommon. Um, I think it was in his time at Detroit with Mike Martz and, um, he actually, there was a couple games, um, they, they might have had maybe their fifth receiver go down and, and, or, or I'm not sure exactly how it all unfolded. He'd have to tell the story, but yeah, there's, there's totally clips of, of Josh playing receiver uh, in one game. And then maybe a couple games later, he's, he's playing quarterback. So it's uh, yeah, he's a, a really athletic guy. He to me has always been one of the most fascinating guys to follow just because he's had this incredibly long career and then he'll get in and play pretty well, but they never seem to stick with him. He's always kind of the, the fill-in quarterback, and you always wonder if someone built an offense around him, especially with his athleticism. Maybe we even saw it a little bit last year, just uh, just how good he could be. And you wonder how many players are like that, like if they got that opportunity that uh, maybe they would you know, rise to the challenge and be a Kirk Cousins or something like that who, who overcame those odds. Um, That's right. Yep. I, I, I'm curious about the the practice squad quarterback's job because that's mm. something that even myself as as long as I've been covering sports I don't know if I've ever asked a a guy who was on a practice squad as quarterback what is it that you that you do here to quote uh, office space um but yeah, but yeah. what what does that job entail yeah that's actually a good question um I actually had um when I my rookie year I had a lot of people ask me that question because uh, and. and when I say a lot of people, it's mostly family members, um, <laughs> family members and friends like, oh, great. You know, you're in the NFL, but you're on the practice squad. You know, what, what does that mean? Um, and so I guess just for people who don't understand, I mean, when I started, it was there's eight there's an eight man practice squad and, and now it's 10 members of the practice squad. And, and essentially you are like you are an, a part of the team. I mean, you're considered as as a member um, of the roster, um, obviously, with the with the 53 man cap, you're, you're not. Um, and, and the pay is a little bit different. The contracts are a little bit different, but essentially you are, you are a member of that team and your role is, is very different because there's only 10 members. Um, typically it's a, 
a mixed bag of, of of development talent that a that a franchise would see as somebody that they want to develop and grow. And uh, there's no feeder program for the NFL uh, like there is with uh, single, double, triple A baseball or or the, or the D League and the NBA. So this is, I guess, like the NFL's kind of way of of having uh, a developmental program um, uh, for for NFL teams. And and every NFL team uh, manages that differently and how they want to use those players. But but for, for how I see it and how I was used on the on the practice squad, it was a developmental program. And what you do on a daily basis um, is, like I said, if if you're a quarterback, you're essentially you're part of the quarterback room. You're providing value to uh, you know the, the the room in some form or fashion. Um, and like I said, you're you're essentially a part of the team. And sometimes it's it's hard to explain that uh, to others uh, from the outside looking in, but yeah, I mean, it was it, it's a great experience and a great opportunity for for teams, like I said, to develop talent uh, for those that they uh, they feel they want to hold on to for a longer period of time. So Matt Hasselbeck told us a really good story on the air that when he first got drafted by the Packers and he came in and you know Brett Favre was there and uh, it was Andy Reid who was his quarterback coach and mm-hmm. he said Andy Reid basically took him aside and said, look. I'm going to coach Brett Favre and you get to be in the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, as depending on what year you're in the NFL, and I guess it really doesn't even matter. Like you're just a sponge. And, and I've, I was so fortunate to be around some elite uh, talent in the NFL with Jay Cutler and Cam Newton and Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck. Um, to name to name a few and like and those guys and seeing how they operate and seeing how they uh, maneuver I mean you're in the room and you're providing value for me as a as a younger quarterback and trying to make a name for yourself like I, I use the term you're tr- you're trying to provide value and so for me providing value is be able to work on the back end to chart plays chart defenses um, almost be an extension of that room as as almost like a coach um, and and not a coach isn't like you're 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 coaching anybody else but um, almost like a quality control sense where somehow you're providing information uh, that would help uh, that would help the starter um, and then it would help the offense and then it would help the team you know win that football game uh, is that, in, any, in any given week is that why so many quarterbacks who are who are backups end up becoming really good head coaches I mean Doug Peterson is the most recent example but Jason uh, Garrett and Bill Musgrave. I mean, it just seems like it's been a thing throughout the history of football that if you were a backup quarterback, you could be a pretty good head coach someday. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. I mean, the, you look at what you need, the, the skills and the intelligence that you need to play the position. Um, that's that's why Wonderlick scores are, are, are viewed um, in high regard uh, for quarterbacks, uh, more importantly. Um, because of the fact that like you can't have a narrow view on the game, like mm-hmm. you can't just know pass concepts, you can't just know run concepts. You have to know blocking schemes. You have to actually know the run game. You have to know the pass protections. You have to know every part of the offense. And then, if you're lucky enough to stay in one system for a longer period of time, you can graduate to the next level of intelligence for for a quarterback. And 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 somewhere in the middle, it's you can't just you know, graduate and move on, but it's kind of in parallel. You have to understand the defenses. So what the defenses are doing and understanding their mechanics and understanding why they do the things that they do. 
Um, and when I say you're, if you're lucky enough to stay in one system, that means you can have some of those ingrained habits within an offense so that your focus isn't necessarily on, oh, man, I, de- I need to memorize this 22-word play call. I need to understand what the defense is doing because that's actually going to make me a better quarterback. Um, and, you, and you just see the game very differently. So as, as quarterbacks move on to other things and become coaches, it absolutely makes sense. I mean, they've had the privilege of seeing the game um, that not many positions within football have the opportunity to view. So um, it absolutely makes sense, and it's a it's a big reason why. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm curious, the, uh, the guys that you mentioned that you had played on the same teams with, with Cutler and his arm, Cam Newton and uh, everything with him, uh, a- Andrew Luck, a great athlete too, incredible thrower of the ball, was there ever a time for you where you and, and clearly you were an excellent player to be where you were, but being with these guys where you said, "Man, this guy's a freak!" <laughs> like this makes yeah. this makes no sense how this guy can do that. What was that moment for you in the NFL? Yeah, man. Um, so the, the, there's probably too many to count. Um, I, I think you see it not just with the quarterbacks, but with with the talent that you see. Um, on the football field itself and other positions, but specifically just with quarterbacks. I think Jay's arm talent um, is, was really impressive. Um, and, and, you know, me personally, um, you know, you have to measure your skills against, you know, other guys and you see, you know, what skills, you know, that you fit into and, and what you can and cannot do with your own physical limits. Um, so I think seeing Jay and his arm talent, like it, it always – manifests itself in certain throws or certain plays where you're just like, dang, like that was impressive. <laughs> and, and, and Aaron, uh, Rogers certainly had so many of those in my time in Green Bay. But I mean, in, in each, whether Jay, Cam, you know, uh, Aaron or Andrew, like, like there's plays stand out in my mind where, you know, they just made a throw and it's like, oh my gosh, like that's the 1% of the 1% of the mm. 1% that can do that. Um, and, uh, just like I said, fortunate to be able to witness, fortunate uh, to, to learn from those guys. And, yeah, there's there's probably too many to count to just isolate one or two. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure that our uh, Vikings following would prefer that you say bad things about Aaron Rodgers, but uh, he's, always <laughs> a, he's always a fascinating guy to, to be around. What, what was that like with him? Because even the times that I've interviewed him just on conference calls and things like that, what stands out to me is just how – brilliant the guy is i mean you can he was talking with us about everson griffin and he remembered a play where everson griffin had been a punt gunner really early in his career and ever since a defensive end and he said yeah i remember that and it was like i don't know 2012 or something like that way back when it seems like that's one of the major reasons why he succeeds yeah i mean where aaron is at um in his own development is is just crazy. I mean, he's on, he's, he's not just taking 800 level. And I use these analogies and metaphors just to paint an illustration. Aaron's not just taking 800 level football courses. He's teaching those courses mm. at this point. Like, I mean, he's a guy who sees the game very, very differently um, than, than what a lot of quarterbacks see. And it's a, it's a product of one, how much he trusts the offense that he's in um, and, and those habits that he's developed within that system that Mike, um, that Mike has, has, has built and uh, Aaron has grown into and all those things. And then uh, the fact that he's just an extremely bright guy uh, in general is kind of natural disposition. So um, it's kind of a, 
an amazing combination uh, and, a, and a great marriage for both those guys. Uh, personally, working with Aaron, um, you know, he's as as advertised. It's just kind of like you said. I mean, he's a a great teammate. Um, kind of has like a, a quiet swagger um, that uh, that is that is really great. And then um, yeah, just leads the team and. Um, you know, it's he manifests his play on the field that that speaks for itself. But um, obviously, his his IQ in, in general is really high, and then obviously his football IQ is is on a, another level. Um, so, I think Vikings fans would have preferred that you said he was an intolerable jerk, but um, <laughs> that, that that's okay. Uh, so yeah. I I have one more thing for you, Matt, because I want to exercise your football brain. Uh, I'm working on a story that people who listen to the podcast will be able to read on Monday about Kirk Cousins and what his new offensive coordinator, John Filippo is going to call for him in big situations. So I've been going through all this tape from the Philadelphia Eagles. I even bought a book that was about the Eagles offense, and I've been studying it and using it for this article. But if it was, if it was you dialing up the play, third down and seven, 20-yard line Super Bowl, down by four points. So you got to you got to score. Yeah. End of the game. Two minutes left. What concept did you love when you were in the NFL, or even now as you watch the NFL? What What do you think works the best? I mean, it all depends on personnel. I understand that, but something that you sure. really loved when you were in the league. Yeah. Um, so I mean, in that in that situation. Um, I loved any sort of, uh, any sort of maybe like, and it, it, it does depend on personnel. It, it does depend on scheme and the defense that you're going against and kind of all those factors. Um, I loved kind of crossing, uh, deep crossing routes. Um, anything where you can flood the end zone, I guess at that, at that point in time. Um, you know, Green Bay does a great job of that. And, and I, and I guess what I mean by flooding the end zone is, is that situation, you know, if you have a, if you have one play left, it's different. If you have, if this is your last play, um, it's totally different. I mean, you really have to improv. You really have to um, kind of create time for yourself as a quarterback. So uh, really, really hard to just pinpoint like one concept. Uh, but I would say any type of, uh, of deep crossing uh, routes, anything that's going to maybe get to the sideline, um, uh, deep sideline throws for you to mm-hmm. get, get a catch and get out of bounds and maybe get another playoff. Um, so there's a lot of little nuances and different strategies that you can, that you can put just into, into that one scenario. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I'll be interested to kind of read that, that piece that, that you come out with and, and certainly help the, the best that I can. Um, Cause that's a, that's a fun situation to play. And, and I, I know John from uh, my time just, just briefly uh, in Cleveland for a couple of weeks. Um, in, in 2015 and, and he's a, a, a great ball coach with a great mind. Um, you know, and, and he's you know, very technical. So I, I'd imagine he's going to have a lot of, uh, a, a good creativity. Uh, and, and Kurt's a great quarterback as well. So that, 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 it's actually going to be fun to see those, um, see kind of that partnership work. Um, in those situations. Yeah, for sure. And and with uh, D. Filippo, he's been to different spots and, and been under great coaches and got a chance of his own. So he's kind of bringing all these different things 
to the table. And I, I worked a lot with the Eagles offense just because they won the Super Bowl and he was on that staff. But there could be a lot of things that he brings uh, that don't come from the Eagles. And, and that will be fascinating to study all year long. I'll tell you my answer. I have two two answers for the concepts I like that I liked. Now, yeah. if, if I'm if I'm just going for a first down here, uh, that's what I'm thinking. If I, you know, we're getting maybe we're looking to just get a first down, get into the red zone here, potentially try to score. I like a like a slants combination with the the dragon concept, which is just like a slant and a flat yep. for the running back. For people who don't know dragon concept, which you really shouldn't, if you've got other things <laughs> going on in your life. So like slants on one side because I think Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs are so good at those. And then making sure we have Delvin Cook as a checkdown option on the, on the flat side. And then, because uh, I think that that'll work against two deep safety on one side or one safety on the other side. How do you like that? Yeah, that could that could work. I mean, um, you know, the best, the best part about like a, a, a slant drag concept is, you know, if you have that on, on one side of the, of the formation, you have that on one side of the field, you can have another option on the other side of the field. So you can have the quarterback, um, whoever it may be, uh, have a, have a pre-snap look and have a pre-snap decision, uh, based on the coverage, uh, that unfolds so that you can have another option. So, so a typical kind of base concept that, that happens instead of, um, instead of a slant flat, you can go double slant, um, which would allow, um, the quarterback to, to have a different option based on coverages and, um, it plays out very differently, but those are, those are very base concepts. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that happens. Um, it, it could be called. And, you know, if, if, uh, uh, DeFilippo has, you know, a, a good beat on the defense that, yeah, I mean, it could play out that way. I like it. All right. Well, I'm glad that you, uh, at, at least made it sound like I sort of know what I'm talking about a little bit there. That's, that was, no, that I, was really I, nice of you. Uh, <laughs> well, Matt, I, I would love to, I would love to just grill you on these all day, but I'm sure you have a life to uh, get back to. So I really appreciate your help on the Jeff Christensen article, your perspective on this. And it was really cool to, uh, to have you on and, and, and just talk some football with you. So I thank you very much for stopping by. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Matthew. And, uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Purple Podcast. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.